On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Here's your host. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Matt Robinson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name's Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Ready to do something we've been wanting to do for a little bit, uh, a little while now. Certainly since uh, the pandemic started, but uh, it put a lot of things on hold. So we are uh, up, we're finally able to get this going now. We've got the fight panel in studio. Graham Creech and Steve Bunda are here. How's it going tonight, boys? Unreal. Honestly, uh, super pumped. I don't remember when the first episode we recorded together was, but super pumped to be here and a very impressive setup that you got here. This Despite is, the uh, technical difficulties, you're off the hop. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it just gave us longer to uh, admire these new beers. That you use. <laughs> yeah, what's a podcast or a radio show without a couple of technical difficulties? Honestly, and yeah. as uh, myself and Creech have uh, cut our teeth as producers, yeah, it's happened a bunch of times. Okay, well, I should have put you guys in charge of running this thing <laughs> since you're in here anyway. Uh, the first time, I know it was... After the pandemic started, because I'd sort of lost track of the UFC a little bit. Um, and then it was for a while, like one of the only sports going, right? They got the, the fight Island thing and they were in their own gym. And, uh, so I sort of fell back in love with the UFC just because it was the only sport up and going. So, uh, we've done a few of these online, but, uh, really happy you guys are here to, uh, to do one in studio. Uh, you know how we roll here. We got pints to start with, uh, Bunda, why don't you lead us off? Cause I know you got something nicely themed for this week. Yeah. As you know, me, a horror movie, Halloween guy, love it. Um, I found a nice dead and dead rogue beer from the United States. It's nine and a half percent. Um, I think it says it's got quite the amount of, uh, flavor in it as well. Um, if I'm looking at it, it says it's a coconut shrimp ribeye chocolate souffle. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that. Nah, neither do I. Uh, and you, you gave me the, I think that's a strong beer. And I said, yeah. well, it's got my name on it for the podcast. So <laughs> I went at that one, Matt. All right. Creature. I am, I don't even know. I just put, this looked really cool out of the fridge. Uh, there's a devil on fire uh, on the can. It's uh, Henderson Brewing Company, and I believe it's called Thrashed or uh, Vox and Hops Brewery. Um, yeah, yeah, not a lot of detail on that one. I remember throwing it in the fridge going, I don't even know what this is. But I think <laughs> it's called Thrashed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm not even know this. I'm not even sure of the style yet. And I haven't 
taken a sip yet, so we're about to find out. <laughs> but it looks cool. The devil, uh, uh, Bunda was talking about his Halloween theme, and the devil kind of sold me there. Okay. Well, this one uh, is one I've had sitting in the fridge for a little while, and I knew I was trying to get this thing going to have you both in studio for uh, for a while. We did have uh, Ian Mendez was in last week. Uh, Amy Burke was in on Thursday morning. So we have had a little bit more traffic through the studio. This is the first time we've had multiple guests in at the same time. Uh, so I'm running with something, uh, an IPA called Van Full of Weirdos, which uh, may end up being the title of this podcast. It, uh, <laughs> it'll fit what we're going to do here quite nicely. Um, it is from the Refined Fool Brewing Company down in Sarnia. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had one or two things from there before, but uh, I've never had this one. So uh, that jumps out for me. Um, look, it's a big week. We got a couple of shows right in a row. We just had uh, a bit of a dead period for the UFC, although they've kept the fight nights going, but... Um, yeah, it, I wanted to start with just whether or not either of you guys had a chance to, to see what Fedor did over the weekend. I, I've, for me, I've only, uh, only the highlight. I, I definitely didn't pay attention to the card. Uh, would have been paying attention to something else that night. Can't recall at the moment, but I've seen, uh, the highlight of it and, uh, yeah. 45, 45 years old. and wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, we were working the Sens game and then we were, uh, I, then I had to do a little bit of extra stuff as well. And then I ended up watching a, a horror movie, but, uh, I did see that he, he had a crazy knockout and he's a guy that, uh, when I saw he was trending, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's still fighting. And then yeah. I saw the knockout and it's like, uh, I think you tagged, it's like he vintage Fedor and it's like, all right, Fedor Emelianko still, still got going, it. Still going, man. Yeah, still I going. Like, I remember back uh, when I was starting to get into UFC, he was always the, the guy that quoted himself as the best. Yep. A heavyweight fighter in the world and him and Dana would get into it all the time because Dana's like, no, no, this is the UFC. We've got the best heavyweights. You got to come here. And they never were able to get a fight. Uh, yeah. I remember they it. wanted him to come in and fight Brock and this would be maybe 06, 07, uh, something like that. And, but he wanted to co-promote, right? He had that M1. Yeah. Uh, so there was a whole bunch of crap there about, and for years afterwards, they wanted to, to come in, but he always wanted to do his own thing. But you're right. There's a certain amount of, if you never did it in the UFC, you know, doesn't really count, but uh, clearly at 45 years old, he still got it. Just ask Ben Askren. Yeah, honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's still getting made fun of. Yeah, man, he's not going to live that down, I don't think, for a little while. Um, you guys are both, uh, you do a lot of work. You know, we'll, we'll get to UFC 267 and uh, UFC 268 here as we go, but you guys both do a lot of work around the Senators. What's it been like to be back out kind of at the arena doing games for real again. I assume things, you know, more closely resembling normal around the studio, around the, uh, around the team. I know you, you cover the red blacks as well. You know, is it, do things feel a little more normal as you're doing it now that the seasons are up and running here? Yeah, for sure. Even just uh, for myself, I produce the majority of the Sens games uh, back in studio, but you go back a couple months now and, uh, you know, being able to, we just started last week, uh, you know, going to practices again, being able to do live shows. That was one of our, you know, bread and butters was being able to go from the 10 to 2 show to Red Blacks practice on a Wednesday or Sens practice on a Monday, Tuesday and, you know, on game days, you know, be there and just get the idea of what's going on. And it's, uh, you know, it's been different, you know, practice and everything was live. 
lot different for the Red Blacks. You're not able to be as close and around and around the team, but still being able to do that. And now with hockey back, and I, there's, I guess, what, your full capacity, but we still haven't had the full sellouts. And right. yeah, I know there's a lot uh, that goes into that, but it's uh, it's nice to just go back to practices and, and even, you know, being able to just drive out of uh, the studio. And I know for, you know, our colleague, Steve Lloyd, for him, he's been working from home this whole time and he just talks about getting out of his house. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Creech? Is it starting to resemble normal at all? Yeah, yeah. it feels really good. Like yeah. I, I've been to pretty much every game for the last 12 seasons, except for last season. Um, basically, it was pretty much Dean and Gord that uh, were uh, accredited to, to go to the games and call them. Right. And we didn't really have anyone else that was that was in the building to report or anything from Did they have station. to learn how to use the buttons and knobs? And, uh, and <laughs> they, well, we did have, we did have producers for sure. But other than that, nobody else, uh, nobody else could go in last year. Yeah. So we were doing all our shows from the studio and like, I, I love the rink. Like I, I love everything about being at the rink, whether it's like a, a, a small rink around town or, or Canadian Tire Center and sure. had my game day routines previously that get there, get a coffee, do a lap and watch warm up from the Zamboni entrance and, and then, uh, prepare for whatever I was doing any given uh, game day. But so without having that for the last 18 months or whatever, I've, I missed it for sure. Now we're back in the building and even though the the crowds haven't been that big, they, yeah. uh, there's been some buzz, like there's been some good crowds, crowds where sometimes it can get quiet, but the, the people that are going are, they're making some noise and it's been some good energy. Thank everybody anxious to be back in the yeah. rink, right? And out of the house. Um, last thing here before we get into the fight stuff, cause that is why we're here, but you both have, uh, you know, you're on air, you're kicking around the station. Has the mood around the team or the fan base perhaps more specifically changed? Since we got the news a week or two ago that Brady is locked up, and not just locked up, but locked <laughs> up long term, has there been a change in tone or tenor to the texts and emails coming into the station, the phone calls you're getting? Do people appear somewhat more contented? Oh, 100%. That when they announced the signing, that was a, you know, it was angry, uh, ornery. Uh, hateful, like there was a lot of grumpy fans that were both on, on both sides. Uh, people were getting mad about Brady Kachuk not signing and people were mad, uh, you know, at ownership or the Sens for not signing him. And then, you know, they had game day home opener against the Leafs and here comes Stone Cold's music and Brady's doing the Frank the Tank and uh, awesome. the vibe around, I wasn't there and I'm sure Creature go into a lot more, but the vibe around that night and since then has been a lot more positive uh, other than the last few games here, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I can just say that I'm just happy of not waking up and going to work and talking about when Brady, like <laughs> so much speculating and if and when and right. what, what the number might bridge, be. Whatever, yeah, yeah, like I'm just, I, I said that to Dregs, to Darren Dreger, uh, the first interview I had on the pregame show with him, like, Darren, I'm, I'm happy to not have to ask you because <laughs> like every preseason game, like update on Brady, update right. on Brady. Um, so that, that was nice and, and the fans were pumped and yeah, as you guys, as Steve said, and as you probably saw watching your, your Leafs play them, uh, coming out to Stone Cold and, yep. and doing Frank the Tank. Like, Even I thought that was yeah, cool. It was, like, it was well done. It, 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 honestly, like I got goosebumps thinking about that night in the building. Like it was just, it was like everyone's back for the first time. Leafs are in town. They get out to a great lead. Brady signs, he's in the building. And then they, they like, that was an amazingly entertaining game. Like yep. it was wild. Um, so that was a really cool feeling in the building. 
All right, let's talk fights because yeah. I, I don't want to show too much love to the uh, to the Brady thing <laughs> to the Senators community here. So we'll move I into. Know what he's doing. Yeah, like I said, we got to talk fights. We got no time to talk any more hockey here. So um, my feelings are hurt right now. So that's where we're really at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why don't we start? You know, we can count. We'll start with UFC 267. Uh, it's been a bit of a cold spell here. And, it, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. They kind of were pounding out a couple really good cards kind of back into the spring, early summer. Mm-hmm. And it slowed down a little bit. And then um, even, I think, whenever the last one was, early September maybe. 266 was the, um, that was the Ultimate Fighter uh, final with, or not final, but I guess it was the Ultimate Fighter a uh, fight between uh, Volkanovski and Ortega, right? Which was one of the crazier fights, yes. uh, they've had for sure. And it's that was Nick Diaz came back. Yeah, Nick Diaz yep. fought that night, uh, which you know was um, okay, but then yeah. turned out uh, you know he ended up kind of not uh, getting into it right away in the second round. And then uh, I just remember that that Volkanovski Ortega fight was just off the chart. And I'm a, I'm a big Volkanovski fan, especially after watching the Ultimate Fighter. Right, I lost a little bit of time for Ortega, just seeing the way he, he treated his team, showing up to the uh, practices in, in, in the mornings a bit later, making his team wait on him, and he was all about the selfies and the <laughs> social media, and and Volkanovski was chirping him, and he, you know, and, and Ortega's kind of just being kind of cool, laid-back kind of guy, and calling uh, Volkanovski the uptight guy, and then once the fight got on, and, and Volkanovski kind of beat him up, but it's just like, there was three or four times where Ortega had him almost in a guillotine, and I was like, Oh man, it's going to be close. And he just, he couldn't get Volkanovsky to tap. And, and, you know, Volkanovsky ended up, uh, you know, winning the fight. But yeah, since then, it's been a pretty uh, good dry spell. And then I think we got a back to back coming up in the next Saturdays couple of weeks here. here. I didn't check out. I guess it would have been that weekend when uh, I was talking to you about that card. And I said, uh, it, it didn't have the name value for me to want to buy it. And mm-hmm. you were kind enough to slide a. A link of questionable legality, we'll call it, uh, across the uh, across the table to me. To uh, I, I'd agree with that initially, though. Going into that, yeah, like I, oh, it's yeah. not one that I I wanted to purchase, and I didn't, and right? I, and I found a way to to watch Lawler Diaz, and yes, um, uh, it just didn't have the... Like I love her, yes, but, no, she's fantastic, but it's just I wasn't interested in the fight because it's like she's, uh, she's just gonna mop the floor with <laughs> yeah. whoever she faces, pretty much, and. Yeah, so even that September one where we did get a card, it just didn't have the the, the big name value. And we now have two back-to-back cards um, this Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m., UFC 267. You know, we get back into some big names here. And I guess just after this kind of dry spell, um, you know, what is your level of interest in this particular card? Because to me, this one looks fantastic. Yeah, personally, like it's one where I, I I like this a lot. We were just discussing which one we probably like more off uh, off before we got into this, and both are stacked. But yep. there's a lot of guys fighting on this that are like guys to kind of keep an eye on. They're going to be fighting for titles down the stretch. But you look at uh, you know the championship between Glover Teixeira and Jan Bukovich, like that's that's huge. That's cool. But you look at what Peter Jan and Corey Sandhagen have been through. You go to the next one, Islam Makachev. We did a broadcast where. I think I was talking about a guy to keep an eye on mm-hmm. and he it was that guy that everyone keeps talking about is the next kind of up and coming lightweight and kind of the idea of why Habib Nurmagomedov was going to retire is this guy was apparently going to be better than him uh, which we'll never know right because right. he retired but he's fighting Dan Hooker who's been known to put on some big time fights and mm-hmm. uh, you know you go down there's another Chef is uh, a massive favorite in that fight yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and not only that but like when you look at the the way he's been like he hasn't lost 
and it's been dominating performances. Like this is a guy that's a monster in the octagon. You go down as well. Uh, comes at Shimaev is back after you that's know that's the one that's got my attention. Yeah, yeah, and that's the I believe that's one of the first no. Uh, Magomed Ankaleev, he's another guy that's everybody's really excited for, and they're all ranked seven. You know, uh, Chumayev isn't even ranked. You go up, and you know, Makachev is a five. Like Hooker is a six. Like there's, these are guys that are getting, you know, they're starting to put themselves in some big names. So I'm absolutely into this one for sure. What about you, Creech? Yeah, I especially listening to Bunda just there. Like, I'm a little bit more into it. I'm definitely more looking forward. He's to selling it for you. I'm looking at 268 for sure more. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I'm I was initially my opinion was I'm sour on it is because Sterling's not fighting Jan. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen that play out again. I, I think we all kind of expected that it was going to end up playing out that way where he wasn't going to be able to fight. So I, I'm That was still a interested. really interesting thing, eh? Because he's hurt. It's a neck injury, I believe. Yeah. And he had surgery. And he kind of said to everybody, like, he made it pretty public. Yeah, December, maybe November. And then the UFC slapped an October on him and said, you know, hope you can get there. And <laughs> It just it, felt like it was just never. Yeah, happen. at the yeah. last minute, he kind of went, I'm not going to get there, right? I, I can't make it. I'm not going to be ready. And so, um, yeah, they end up throwing Corey uh, Sandhagen in there. That's going to be, you know, I, you're right, though. I, no disrespect to Sandhagen. No. I just wanted to see. Because I don't think this is a crazy again. leap for him either, right? Like, he's an entertaining guy. He's He's been. He was for, in that mix to be in that yes. position anyways. Right. But that's so that Sterling fight where, you know, he, yeah, Peter Yan gets uh, disqualified. Sterling was going to lose that fight. For so, sure. uh, you know, this may not be an unjust result, right? That we landed here anyway, right? And, and I'm sure Sterling will get his, his chance down the road. But for now, yeah, I think this one has a chance to be really entertaining. And Sanhagen, you can throw him too, right? Like, he's oh, yeah. an interesting guy. Yeah, and one thing too is Peter Yawn is you, like you got to believe he's he's hungry. He's been known as a guy that's was very aggressive in the octagon. You've seen it throughout all his fights, and you saw it again, like you said in Sterling. You got to believe he's a little sour yes. of how things are and how he you know technically was you know DQ'd and had to give up the belt. And it uh, if you're Sterling, you don't feel good about it, but at the same time, you had to you had to do it, and it was a you know a right call. His uh, his corner told him he can do that. He could throw the knee, yes. I believe it was, yeah. as he was getting up. Uh, because he was down on his knees, um, and, and that's when, it, yeah, and that's a and that's a problem, right? And that comes down to your corner, but also uh, now you're you're fighting again for kind of like an interim belt to get back to your, I guess, championship belt. But that bantamweight division is just stacked in general too. So, did it, you think it was necessary to make this interim title? Because one of the things I read into it is this deal that they have because this is on Fight Island, right, in Abu Dhabi. To, to, to keep coming over there and get the sweetheart deal they have, they have to promise at least two title fights per card. And, you know, only there. They don't have to do that over here or anywhere else. But with that, that deal to, 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 to fight on Yaz Island, they have to put out two title fights. And so all of a sudden, Sterling and, and Jan falls through. Well, if we make this an interim title fight, technically, to me, that's all I saw here was trying to live up to a contract. I didn't know, I don't know that it was really necessary with Sterling being this close to returning. Yeah. To, you know, it's just the UFC, though. That's how they do it. Yeah. Like, 
What happened in in Houston it in August, right? All the time yeah. for years, you can go back with all these interim mm-hmm. fights. Like I, I, I almost pay no attention. Like I, I'll watch it if it's a good fight for yeah. sure. I just mean if someone's and, and most of the fighters too when they know like if France and Nagano can't fight and that was and, another one. Like that, like it yeah. always happens. And oh, let's make this interim fight and and there's no reason for it. Like the guy's not being out or injured for a year or something like that. Yeah, it's it. I I can't stand it. And most of the fighters too, they kind of I. I'm coming for the real thing. Like I, they know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because that was uh, that was when uh, they were trying to get Francis Ngannou to fight Cyril Gon in uh, in I think it was Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they realized because Houston was one of the first places to start allowing crowds, they went there right away because I think they went to Vegas. They were like Fight Island. There, Houston opened up, yes. and that's where the Black Beast is from, Derek Lewis. And it's like, okay, well, let's have an interim belt because Francis Ngannou didn't want to fight at that time, right? And he was doing a bunch of other stuff. So that's what, okay, we'll throw that in. And the other one I thought of was um, when Justin Gaethje fought Tony Ferguson for that interim lightweight belt because they couldn't get Habib Nurmagomedov in. And I remember Gaethje winning that fight and, you know, just beating up Tony Ferguson. But then he gets the belt and he's like, throws it on the ground. He's like, oh, I'm waiting for the real thing. He's like, I don't need this belt. He's like, just give me a title shot. Yeah. So Dana it, loves his pay-per-views with a title on the line. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I that, think that's, that's true. Whatever, eh? Well, yeah. they made up that what that BMF the you know the baddest mother. <laughs> I'll take that over an interim that doesn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a made-up belt. I, I I didn't mind well, it. You got no, you got a problem with the million-dollar championship or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just there there's a lot like Creech says that the UFC especially but they'll 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 have that and Dana White and sure whatever it is but if you're going to go through that's probably his loophole way of getting things done but um, I have. No no problem with the, these two. It just it is weird to notice that you know the co-main event for an interim belt are two guys coming off losses. Yes, Peter Yawn being the disqualification, and then you look at Corey Sanhagen who's number three, but he lost to T.J. Dillashaw. So yeah. it's where and that was a very controversial fight itself of who should have won, who should have lost. Well, and, and Dillashaw says he's next in line. Like he expects his first yeah. bout back will be a title fight. I'm like I don't know, man. Like. Yeah, and he did look good against uh, Corey did, Sanhagen. Had, before then, he had hardly fought in two years, right? He had a, the the drug thing, and like at some point, you kind of fall back in line again, man. And especially if they're going to make this an interim title fight, uh, you know, the way it, it all kind of maps out, depending on when Dillashaw returns and when Sterling returns, uh, you know, you're going to have to sync this all back up. I, mm-hmm. I don't see Dillashaw really being next in line, but he seems to think he is. Yeah, they'll, they'll give it to him, I think, out of respect and name. Yeah. No, could be, could be. Uh, if we bring her back around to, to 267, why don't we talk just a little bit more about the main event? And this is one of those ones where, you know, we've seen uh, Blahovich now, you know, he's he's had the title for a year. It doesn't really feel like mm-hmm. it. Um, he, he does make, uh, you know, a pretty convincing win, pretty good win against Adesanya, who had moved up um, a, a weight class. And, you know, he's, he's got a couple wins under his belt, but to share it to me is still interesting because that's a guy who, despite being 41, 42 years old now, he, he still scares me a little bit. Like he kind of went down a while, but over the last little while, like he's sort of rebuilt himself. He's become a little bit more technically sound. And I don't know yet that we're sold on, you know, we know about the Polish power, right? But but to me, Teixeira seems like a guy who might be able to get him to the ground and might be able to to make something happen there. I still think Blahovich is the favorite, as does mm-hmm. Vegas, who probably knows better than I do. But, you know, I don't think this is a slam dunk. It would not shock me to see Teixeira get something done here. What do you guys think of the main event? 
Yeah, he's on an absolute tear, uh, beating everybody in that that division. Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos, like a, the list goes on. He's, I think, he's on a five fight winning streak, and he, like he deserves it. But I, I don't. I've become a big fan of Blahovich yeah. uh, ever since he won the title. I, I don't know. It, it's part, obviously, part of his personality and and part of what he's able to do inside the octagon. But I've I've become a big fan of his, and I'm definitely rooting for him to to retain and still. What do you think, Bunda? Am I disrespecting Blahovich? No, but and if, even if you are, it's I feel like he has the least star power yeah. and sexiness compared to any of the other champions in the UFC right now. And that's nothing on him, but you, and he didn't get enough credit for the way he fought Israel Adesanya because it's like, well, Adesanya moved up, right? That, yeah. they, that was a fight where the UFC handpicked that for him as well. They wanted him to be the double champ. They need a superstar. I believe the UFC, we've had this discussion, I think, a couple times now, but the UFC needs a superstar. They don't have that at this exact time. Right. They have guys that are in stardom, but even with John Jones and the legal issues he's constantly dealing with, and he's moving up to heavyweight, but he's really not fighting, and he was that guy. They don't have that right now, and it's it's even for Amanda Nunes, she does doesn't have that uh, global star ability right just right yet when right. she should. And for yeah, no, you're right. Over the years, it's been a star driven. It was Ronda. It was GSP. It oh my was gosh, yeah. Tito, was it was whoever. Randy right? Couture, Chuck sure. Liddell. There yeah. was there was so many. We've had this discussion, as you've said. I don't think the fights have ever been better. Like I don't think the promotion maybe has ever been deeper. But I don't know if star power wise, yeah, that that they've ever had less mainstream. Well, not I shouldn't say that. In those first couple yeah. years, <laughs> they weren't getting a lot of mainstream love. But you know what I'm saying. It it just feels like the fights are great, but maybe the personalities aren't crossing over. Yeah, and, and that's what I the. Think, well, for, sorry to interrupt. I just for Blahovich, it's, it's I think it's because he was a bit of a journeyman. I yeah. don't even know if that's the right term to use. Oh no, it is. <laughs> it, but but he was. But he's on an absolute tear, yep. and he's knocked out everyone, like all the heavy hitters in that division. Like he, in my opinion, he deserves all the respect as as champion, and and I think he has an awesome personality to to kind of sell the sport a little bit. Yes, he's not like a John Jones or or Adesanya or anyone like on that level. But right. I look at that division. After Jones left, like what? There's a lot of guys like that would contend for for the title, but there was like none of them. Like uh, Corey Anderson, Dominic Reyes, yeah, no. uh, Luke Rockhold, like uh, all those guys. Like they're not moving the needle on yeah. a pay per view, no. yeah. and, and that's why I'm okay. Like in for Bokovic, like I said, it's okay. Like, and I'm sure he's all right with it because he's he's here to win and fight, and he's he's a tough sob, and he's got some serious hands. Like Creed said, he's got five. Uh, he's a five win streak right now. Uh, he's absolutely full value for the champion. And like I said, I don't believe he he gets enough credit for beating Israel Adesanya, who was undefeated at yeah. the time as well. And yeah, he's coming up a weight class, but you know, Bokovic was like, I'll fight Glover to share. I'll fight whoever. He, and they gave him Adesanya, and he he didn't like Adesanya was just not in the same level. He was not there, and maybe it was the weight he had. He had problems moving up. He barely made 205. But you look at a couple of like Krejci said, you go down and, you know, the number two, you know, Giri Prochka. Then you go Alexander Rakic, it's number three. Anthony Smith, like Diego Santos. These are all, Dominic Reyes. These are all names we've heard and known for a while, and they haven't really stole anyone's hearts. That's where, oh, here comes Megamed Ankaleev, and he's a guy that's like, okay, let's get an eye on him. And he's on the, he's in the earlier fight. 
fights, but he's a guy that's been pretty, you know, monstrous recently. So we'll see how he fights this weekend, but I'm sure he's the next kind of, you know, big name that he's probably going to put himself in the title shot. But light heavyweight just isn't a sexy division. It's going over that turnover right now that, you know, John Jones, and you look at why John Jones left and people chirp him. It's like, well, yeah, you think you can go to heavyweight? There's just not a lot there that's appealing for him for money fights. Heavyweight, that's where it's well, at. He also so. keeps taking himself out of the mix, too. Yeah, yeah that's the other issue that yeah. uh, we you won't even talk about. Yeah, you just can't <laughs> count on him to ever be available. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Sandhagen versus Jan, but when, when you, like, if either of you guys have, uh, you know, we talked about more of the history of it than this fight in particular. Um, how do you see this one going down? And, and, you know, do you feel like Sandhagen is, you know, he's, deserves to be in this spot? I think based on what you guys laid out on, on the situation of why they're here, yeah, I, I think I think that's fine. Um, I, I think Jan, I think he's going to dominate him, though. Really? I, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's just on a mission to to prove that he should be the champion still. And and the interesting thing the about him, he gets hit, eh? Like, because yeah. he, he, he's willing to get out there and throw him. He takes some shots too, mm-hmm. and I, that's the one thing as he continues to round into form that makes me wonder about him a little bit. Like he he eats some some serious shots while he's getting his work done. Yeah, and one thing I, I want to thought Sandhagen, you know, he throws pretty well. Like that combination could be, could be interesting. It's tough, be- and the one good thing about him is he is so tough. But it is tough because he's in a spot now where, like Creech said, Peter Jan's a hungry. Uh, he's a hungry man right now. He looks where, angry. Oh, <laughs> and he, yeah, he always looks angry. But he's such an aggressive fighter. Where he, you know, as soon as you know Herb Dean gives him the, all right, are you ready? Are you ready? fight. He's in your face. Yeah, he's there and he's and he's going at you and it's something where we talked about like you know, Aljamain Sterling's the champ right now, but he didn't win that fight, and he wasn't going to win that no. fight. Peter Jan is still, but he's not. So you better believe he's going to go out there. So for Corey Sandhagen, this is a huge opportunity for him, and he probably knows that as well. If he loses this fight, he's probably going to fall around the five, yeah. and that's a very, very tough bantamweight right now division. That's They're deep. Yeah. yeah, they're deep, and there's a lot of hungry guys looking to fight and, and creep up. And like you, Rob Font's a guy that's been kicking around for a little while. but Rob TJ, Font was another name I wonder if he might had this shot. Right? Yeah. That he was in the mix for sure. Yeah. And so you look at Jose Aldo, uh, you know, Marab Devalashi, he's there. Um, he saw him in here in Ottawa. He ended up having his contract expire. They brought him back. He's on a tear. Uh, my man, Cody Garbrandt, no love. He's ranked seventh right now. Your man. Yeah. I, I love myself some Cody Garbrandt. Uh, but I do. Bl- Cody no love. No, no, no. I, I think he's an awesome kind of uh, fighter for the UFC, but he's ever since he's kind of lost his, be- uh, his belt, he hasn't been the same. And I think he is going to go down to flyweight soon enough anyways. But um, when it comes down to it right now, the Bantamweight division is stacked. So for your, uh, Corey Sanhagen, this is a fight you need to win. I just don't think he could do it. The, I think Peter Jan's a better fighter, and he's going to be aggressive, and he's going to be hungry. Uh, it's going to take – I don't know if it's going to take a miracle, but it's going to take a lot for, yeah. uh, I believe, Peter Jan to lose. Creech, feel the same way? or Yeah, yeah, yeah I – I'm fully anticipating him winning in in dominant fashion, and, and, and like again, no disrespect to Sanhagen. I just, I just think that there's levels, and and he's on a different one right now. So there's some interesting stuff earlier in the main card, but the one that I mentioned earlier that I'm most fascinated by is Hamzat Shemaev, and that guy, I believe, in 2020, like he had sort of jumped on this like rocket ship to the top. People were talking about him as being this next big star. I think at one point he had three fights in two months, yeah, uh, which was he had three just, wins in sixty six days. Yeah, insane. Um, and then he he 
gotten into some trouble, right? I believe he tested positive for COVID, had a really hard time with it for a while. He was in hospital um, and it really set him back. So we don't know necessarily that we're getting the exact same guy, but I'm sure he wouldn't have declared himself ready if he hadn't been in and sparring and, and feeling pretty good. But I mean, if that guy can get back on track, um, you know, I'm really anxious to see, you know, what he can do against Lee. And I'm not even going to take one of you guys want to take a shot. Ying at Liang. Ying, yeah. Ying Liang. I, 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 I'm going at it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard it once or twice, but don't know much about him. Yeah. Uh, but I feel you. The wolf. Uh, Shemayev, like, this is a guy where I wonder where he's at because mentally he retired. Yep. He had uh, yeah. a very emotional, like you said, he was he was dealing with COVID hard. Yeah, it hit him hard. And he said he's retiring. He doesn't know if he's ever going to be the same fighter again. Uh, you know, Dana White had to call him and kind of cool him down a bit. He's like, listen, but like you said, he had three fights. Uh, he had won three fights in 66 days, um, and he outstruck his opponents 87 to 1, I believe it was, <laughs> in significant strikes. Like, he was a monster, and he's a guy that's also still trying to go between two divisions. Yeah. Like he, he has aspirations to be lightweight and welterweight. It's like, okay. Um, and uh, everyone believes him. Dana White believed in him. It's like, Hey, come back here. So, uh, I with, I'm with you. Like, this is a, a fight. I want to see who he is and how quickly he makes work here. Because that's the thing. If he's, is he cage rust? Is he going to be okay? How are his lungs? What's his his cardio? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like that's the biggest thing when you're in there and, and it's only a three round fight, but still, you know, this is a guy that's very aggressive and very intense. And, and he just taught, I think he's like, I like to smash people. That's <laughs> well, all he says. I'll tell you. <laughs> Welterweight could use him because, yes. and I know we're going to get to uh, a welterweight title fight um, a little bit later, but uh, mm-hmm. they could use him because Camaro's kind of mopped the floor with that division. Yeah. He's going through it. Uh, we could use some some new blood to challenge for for that. Uh, so I'm hoping that he returns to the promising form that he was showing us before his battle with COVID and then, and then like you guys said, like his, his retirement or stepping away from the sport for a little bit. I, I hope that he returns. Well, first and foremost, I hope that he's healthy. Yeah. Obviously he must be if, if they're going to sanction this and let him, let him fight right. uh, this weekend, but hopefully he's, he's healthy and in a good spot and hopefully he looks uh, as good as he did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, to me, like he was so exciting and he was clearly on the rise in a big way. And as you said, that division badly needs another, uh, another contender. So yes. hopefully that gets up and, and going, but that's, that's as much as anything else. You know, the main events got my attention. Um, but beyond that, this is the one, like, that'll be the one for me that I'm, you know, I'm the second most interested. There's lots of good Are stuff there here. Six cards on the main card. Seven. Yeah. Uh, I think there's seven. Wasn't there seven? I think on two, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six on the main main card. Fair enough. Okay, for That's sure. Awesome. Yeah, and, no, and, and a, you know what? It's a two o'clock start. I so love it's not that. Like it's like, oh, it's going to be three a.m. I am <laughs> so stoked for Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Right, it'll be two o'clock to seven o'clock. I've been watching guys get punched in the face. <laughs> be able to watch the Leafs get punched in the face right afterwards. It's going to be a good Saturday. So. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I actually believe that won't be uh, very late because I, I think that we'll see some, and look, that the night starts off with light heavyweight where, like I said, uh, Magomed Ankaleev, he's this up and coming guy, but he's fighting, you know, Volcom Ozdemir, who's a big, he's also like an up and coming. you're know, here heavy, to handle these names. Man. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of <laughs> going on the fly. Confidence is what I'm going with. It wasn't anything here. It's but 9%. Beer. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And it's actually, it, and I haven't gotten into it, but man, it's actually damn good. Yeah. It's a good beer. <laughs> thanks thanks for that, Matty. What about mine is there's heartbeat hot sauce in it too. Yeah. So there's yeah. some bite for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder this devil's on fire on the artwork on the cans. Really? Good. You have nice. to have the tums ready for creature in a little bit. <laughs> right? It'll, it'll get to you. No, it's good, good beer. But um, there's, like you said, and then Shemayev, I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but I have a feeling if he's back to his old self, that fight is going to end early. Uh, I'm not quite sure about this heavyweight belt as well with uh, Alexander Volkov and Marcin yeah. Tibera, but uh, you know that next fight is the light. Uh, you know, you bring up what you're most interested in the first, the top two, right? The two uh, title fights, mm-hmm. but that uh, Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker, yeah. that that I think could be a fight of the year if Dan Hooker can live up to the way he normally fights, which is he eats a lot of shots and he's just tough and he hangs in there. Look back to last year, his fight against Dustin Poirier was just a just one of the best fights I've ever seen, where they were just trading the whole five rounds and it was it was awesome but I think that fight there is going to be the fight of the night which has my eye as well I've been ever since I've heard about this Makachev guy he's, he's gone out there and he's won two in a row and he's he's just a monster so a lot of these guys like we brought up earlier are just going to be up and coming guys that I'm excited to see and like you, you get six of them on a Saturday afternoon yeah let's go <laughs> Creech which one uh, maybe outside of the, the two main events has, um, has your yeah I, I it's it is top that heavy. One and it's, Shemayev, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, um, yeah it, it would be between those two for sure. Um, I'm just sorry. As I'm contemplating this, I'm like Hooker's plus four twenty or four seventy five. So mm-hmm. if if Bunda thinks that he has an opportunity to win, you should probably throw throw down a couple. Oh, of I, bones. I don't think he has enough opportunity to win. <laughs> but I think we one thing we've seen with Dan Hooker is. He, he won't get finished easily, right? Right. So he'll stay there and he'll take the beating, but he'll trade you kind of like a, a, you know, a Nate Diaz where he'll lose the first three, four <laughs> rounds, but that fifth round is when he's a wild card. <laughs> yeah, no. F- yeah. Well, the, the comparison that you were seeing a lot about Makachev is because he was good buddies with, uh, with Khabib mm-hmm. was that maybe they had similar fighting styles. Maybe they would kind of do things slightly similar. And the one thing that you do notice is that Makachev is always right on top of you. Very similar yeah. to Abib, right? Where that guy, he didn't give you space to to back up and, and get room to land a big bomb. He was just always just right there on top of you. He didn't give you any space to regroup or breathe or whatever. And that is the one thing that you do notice when you watch um, Makachev here is is he, he does have that factor or that uh, skill in common um, with Khabib because he, he just does not give you that space. And so Hooker is a guy who likes to throw him, right? He likes to throw punches, and I'm not sure he's going to get the, as much of a distance as he might like to do that. So that's going to be a really interesting fight for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a, an underrated because of the, the, the star power is there, but it's not like, these are all guys that are hungry in that meaty middle, trying to get to the top yep. other than the two, the, the two main title fights. But, uh, you look at the, I guess, quote unquote title fight between Jan and Sanhagen, two guys that are coming off losses that are looking to stay in the Bantamweight conversation, right? right? So that interim, uh, title belt as we call it, but no, I'm this, uh, this will be a good one. I'm excited for it. Nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else on this card that uh, that caught the attention of you guys or that we wanted to touch on? Let me look at the the prelims the, the, and uh, you you often find a, a hidden nugget there down in the Facebook fights or something or whatever yeah. they used to be called. No, I, and I think uh, well the one I'll bring up ten thirty a.m. I think the prelims start. Like this, this is a good looking Saturday, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. A little brunch and I'll fights. Throw, I'll throw one name out there and it's a middleweight belt in the, uh, about, uh, that's in the, uh, I get, yeah, middleweight that'll be on the prelims. Uh, but it's Andre Petrovsky 
Um, he's a guy that was in the Ultimate Fighter, and um, he was one of the top dogs. Uh, he was on uh, Team Ortega, and he, he's a wrestling kind of guy. But he ended up taking a, a submission, like he was on top of a guy. He was he was beating him in through at the first, I think, around and a bit, and he was pushing the pace. But then he got caught, and he got put in a kind of a just a nice you know choke, and right. turned into a guillotine, and he ended up tapping, and uh, Brian Battle ended up winning anyways for the middleweight belt in the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, and loved his story and his bout, like. He's a guy that, you know, he was the last pick and he ended up winning and Petrosky was one of the main guys and he was a favorite to win and he didn't win, but he's on the, he's on the prelims that, uh, keep an eye on him and see, cause I believe he'll, he'll start making a name for himself in the middleweight division, even though he didn't win. What are you guys drinking at 1030 in the morning for the prelims? Oof. I know Creech is a C's guy. Are you going Caesar? Yeah, I'll probably go with Caesar. Yeah. Caesar early, yeah. Uh the hot sauce beer is probably out. <laughs> 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 it's a little is it lighter? How strong is that one? It's uh Is that the three and a half percent. Okay, that's a that's a morning beer. Yeah, that'd work, but yeah, uh no, I, I, I think it's not, with the spice not I'm probably not going no. at uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going with a I'll, I'll look around probably for a nice like breakfast stout of some sort. Right. That's always, it's stout season, right? That's what I'm supposed to be yeah. moved into here. So I, I don't know exactly what, uh, you know, we'll see how that's all going to shake loose, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a good day of, uh, I haven't seen the full NHL schedule. Leafs are always at seven though. So, uh, <laughs> it'll line up nicely for me, uh, assuming I can still bear to watch. Um, look, we had some hockey talk off the top. We had some beer talk off the top. We're running a little bit along here. Any chance I can get you guys to come back next week for, uh, Absolutely. We'll hit 268 then. 268. Yeah, twist my arm. Uh, right. Hopefully you have another Halloween beer. I'll just uh, clean up whatever you have left. In well, Halloween will be I'll in the rear view by then. I'll probably not go spicy with the next Yeah, time. okay. That makes sense. Um, but not that this, this is all right, actually. But uh, but yeah, I, it's like one of those beers where you have one of them and then one and done. Yes, I get that. Move for on sure. to something else. Yeah. For sure. Um, maybe I'll have, uh, by next week, a little leftover Halloween candy sitting in a bowl or something. <laughs> that help I can promise you I'll be stealing some. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, Halloween you guys candy. mentioned, I think Abundant brought it up, or maybe it was you, Creech. I can't remember. The, the, the first time Steve Lloyd was in here from uh, TSN Radio with you guys was on a Halloween, and um, he had sort of, we'd been looking for a day to do it, and he said, well, I could do the 31st. Uh, this would be probably two years ago now. But it'd have to be kind of after bedtime, you know, I got to help the kids trick or treat and stuff like that. And he kept sending texts to bump it back five minutes, bump it back 10 minutes, bump it. He's like, I hadn't accounted for the fact that the kids don't go to bed on time after a, a bowl full of chocolate and candy. So uh, luckily for uh, for making us wait, he did roll in with uh, with a handful of candy oh, for us nice, too. So nice. Um, That's a good man, Steve Lloyd. For sure. And uh, I think we're going to... Uh, Get him back in here sometime in November as well. Uh, we'll wind this one down here then, and we will uh, hit epi- or episode. We will hit UFC 268 next week. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, though, go back and check out episode 86, nope, 896. Uh, Amy Burke, Canadian Paralympian, was in studio uh, to co-host that episode. Uh, it's at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're listening to this right now. You can just scroll down, and if it might make your life just a little bit easier, just hit subscribe, just hit follow, wherever you're listening right now. You'll get all these episodes. Creech and Bundle will be back next week. Until then, my name's Matt Robinson, and we will see you all next time. It is over! Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.